stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. What does our friend Julie Cole do during the pandemic while she's parenting six semi-adult teenage children running an empire? Yep, you write a book, all dedicated to people who are interested in her journey called Like a Mother. We're so thrilled to have Julie on the show today. Today's episode is brought to you by babyready.info. Welcome, everyone. We are extremely excited today to be sitting, having a chance to chat with Julie Cole, author and woman extraordinaire. Welcome, Julie. Tell us who you are and what you do. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, as you mentioned, I'm Julie Cole. I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. I'm a parenting author and a mom of six. And, uh, you know, Mabel's Labels started almost 20 years ago in the basement and actually just today, we've gone and uh, opened up our new headquarters with a beautiful new renovation. Uh, so lots has happened over the years. Of course, as the business has grown, the kids have grown. Um, I've been doing a lot of other stuff as well, a lot of speaking, a lot of writing, a lot of blah, blah, blah. So basically keeping busy and out of trouble for the most part. <laughs> Somehow, I doubt highly that you are keeping out of trouble. <laughs> well, that would just be boring, wouldn't it, Laurel? Yes, it yeah. absolutely would. <laughs> so what was the impetus for this book? Did people bug you for a million years and say, write a book, write a book? There was that. So it's been on the to-do list for quite some time. But really what happened, I think it was really a timing thing for me. So like I said, it was on the to-do list for a long time. And then what happened was the COVID. So I usually and normally would be traveling a lot for work and, um, you know, speaking at conferences and attending events, but with us all being, you know, in, in our prison homes, I wasn't going anywhere. So I thought, you know what, a lot of time I'm not traveling. Um, I found time, you know, they say some huge percentage of people took up a side hustle during the pandemic and I'd say the book was my side hustle. So I just thought now I have the opportunity, um, and the time, and it just felt like the right time. Too. Like, I feel, you know, my youngest kid was about 12 at the time, 11 or 12 at the time. Um, they were a little more independent and I had more to pull from, you know, I'd been in the business long enough. I had been on quite an entrepreneurial journey. So the book really was about timing um, as far as the content and timing, as far as having the, the time to actually write the dang thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your kids are getting a little bit older. Do you think that you would have been in a position to write the kind of book that you put together had you done it any earlier in your life when you hadn't witnessed your kids kind of go through some of the things they've gone through, you going along with them through those things, as well as watching Mabel's Labels, 
evolve and grow and change. For sure. You know, I think, you know, so many lessons were learned along the way. And again, back to sort of like what motivated the book to happen. And it was about, you know, other women who are on a journey and wanting to make sure that if I can save them from reinventing a wheel, if I can pass along something, if I can make the journey just a little bit easier with some of my words and my lessons. And that's why the book is full of, you know, life hacks business hacks and parenting hacks. Um, each chapter is full of those. And that's why, and that's actually why it's a great book too, for even if you're not an entrepreneur, but a mom, or you're an entrepreneur, but not a mom, like there's a little bit for everyone. I mean, obviously the ideal audience is like women like us. Um, but I have had people, a lot of people read it who are childless or um, are working corporate jobs, and they've really got taken a lot from it as well. So I do think the timing, again, was right. Um, I had more to share. And also I had a lot to, I just had a lot to draw from, you know. Um, but then again, I didn't want to wait too, too long because you want to get it while it's still fresh. And, uh, you know, they say you write a book because it has to be written. You feel compelled to write it. And, uh, and I did at that time. I just, I've been watching you for a long time and stalker. you always have, yes, I am a stalker and I'm <laughs> a very proud stalker. And my goodness, woman, how do you manage to get everything done? Like what's, what, there's your, your, your I can't say it, your hack. Yeah. In my case, it's hag. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but what's your hack for, for being able to do all of this stuff? What are some things you, right. can, you can share with us? Because from a distance, you're like, ah, you know, but you've got to have hacks, man. For sure. For sure. Um, and you know what? A, a couple of them are really quite basic. So I, I really just am not a perfectionist. I, um, you know, I'm okay if my house is messy. I'm okay if the kids don't get a great meal every night. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. Like, I just... Some people have to do everything perfectly. And it's that notion of gold plating, you know, um, gold plating can be, it's a, it's a term um, used in project management. And I see people use it as business owners and I see people use it as parents. And it's like that concept of, you know, when your kids do it, like working on an essay and they spend 10 hours on the essay to get it to a 90 and then takes another 20 hours to get it to the 95%, not worth it. Sometimes you need to walk away at the 90 to save yourself the 20 hours. So I work really hard not to gold plate things. Like I am okay with good enough sometimes. Um, I, I pick my battles. I choose which hill I want to die on. Um, I don't helicopter my kids. Uh, a big productivity hack is making them do shit for themselves. Um, and that's, I think, obviously with six kids, you kind of have to um, live that way. But I found the earlier I kind of trained them to be independent, that I wasn't doing things for them. And I'm a big fan of natural consequences. So, you know, I often talk about how, you know, if they forget their school lunch at home, I don't bring it to them. I'm not mean. It's just that's what happens when you forget your lunch. Otherwise, I could have spent my whole life instead of you know, creating and building a company, chasing kids around with forgotten items. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't help them and it doesn't help me. So I do have a lot of sort of little productivity hacks, but overall, a lot of it is around my attitude. I think that is my secret sauce, not taking myself too seriously, not taking the state of things too seriously and, and, and really minding that gold plating. Do you, do you find that you 
are putting everything at the same value level or do you have a, a, a system, I guess, is my question of, of putting things right. on a, a, on a level. The parenting is important uh, Saturdays and Sundays, but you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, the speaking engagements, they get the, do you know, like, how do you, exactly. Because, because there like, how do you prioritize, that, right? Yeah. How do you prioritize we, things that are really big? <laughs> we have, we all have so many competing interests. Um, and, you know, for me, I basically use like my inner system of like, this is like, I'm the author of this book, so I can kind of dictate how it's going to go. And, and I kind of listen to my internal self. If I'm feeling like twingy about something, I'm like, Hmm, that kid, some of their behaviors are a little bit funny right now. I think I need to switch gears with that kid and focus in on them and take it. Or if I'm like, Hmm, I haven't been getting, I'm looking at my analytics for the month at work. I'm not getting in front of enough people. I'm not saying the word Mabel's labels enough. Okay. Now what can I do to focus? So I'm kind of along with like keeping an eye on actual like KPIs because we have to measure things because that's how we know how we're doing from a work perspective. I also go a lot with my gut and with my observation of how my kids are doing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, that took practice. I know early, in the early days, I listened to a lot of other people telling me how I should be managing this, you know, and, and uh, then I realized, actually, I'm kind of the expert here. I'm the expert of these kids. I'm the expert of this household. I know what my kids need. You know, like people would say, how do you do one-on-one in time with all of them? And I'm like, it wasn't like this contrived thing I needed to do. I needed to be like, Hey, I'm going grocery shopping. You hop in the car with me. I want to chat. Or you're doing a tuck and be like, Hey kiddo, you said something at dinner that kind of caught my interest. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's basically paying attention and, and yeah. And then prioritizing. So no, it's not all equal all the time. And it's the same with my kids. I don't treat them the same because they're not the same. And to treat them equally would be to be to treat them with inequality. Fair. Uh, that's so true. That's so true. I am, you know, I'm, I'm listening. I'm nodding in agreement. I mean, nobody can see me doing that, but I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. Because there's so much external pressure for us to perform. And when you're in the spotlight, as much as you are, Julie, that performance is expected 24 seven, 365. Like you are up here and you are functioning and, you know, and so what do you do to support yourself when you're about ready to throttle someone or something? Right. So, um, Laura, I, I agree. There is this thing about being a little bit publicy, but I think for me, because I kind of keep it real at the same time, like if my kids does something goofy, like I'm more than happy to post that. Or like, you know, if I'm, if I do my, like, I mean, one of my most popular posts every year is I do my mom fails the year before. And you know, that time I forgot to pick up my kid at the airport and that time I, you know, made them walk home because I, whatever, like they, and my kids vote, they pick, they're like, well, we're mom's biggest fails this year. And it's hilarious. They have so much fun. I'm, I'm doing that. And I have fun being like, easy guys, easy, you know, it's my job to prepare provide fodder for your to take to your therapist like that's my job yeah I think you know not taking myself too seriously or not taking it all too seriously does help in in, in keeping that authentic voice now I was going to get to the point though what was the question well how do you what do you do I oh, guess self-care almost yeah, yeah yeah like how do I take care of me so I'm gonna be honest 
it's probably not my strong suit. So I have a very high tolerance for chaos and action and noise and activity and all that stuff. Um, and, and that's just my personality. And if I didn't, I wouldn't start a business and have six kids. Like, you know, make good choices, do what, do what works for you. None's like, no, there's no perfect number of kids. There's no perfect career. There's no perfect anything. You just have to do what's, what works for you. So, you know, my idea of self-care probably looks a lot different. It doesn't look traditional. Like I'm going to get my nails done or I'm going for a massage. Like, you know, last night I was on the bench at my daughter's hockey game. I'm her trainer. Well, that I love doing that. I love that's me doing something completely different in the, my volunteer realm. I'm, you know, putting Barbie band-aids and, 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 and giving kid, girl, like teenage girls Advil for period crabs, like, and, and wrapping up things when they fall and bleed on, on the ice and stuff like that. And so it's something totally different. It's something special that I do with my daughter and, you know, those sorts of things I consider self-care. I was going to say it. I mean, you really do sort of exemplify the, the reality that self care is intensely personal, and and I think that that's something that we forget because you're right. We do talk about getting our nails done, or our hair done, or going for a massage, or going for a dinner date with a friend, or something like that. But it, that doesn't resonate with many people, and so I a lot of us. I love how then- you said that. I love how you said that. How. And yes, that self-care thing, I feel almost like I'm like, I feel pressure to self-care in ways that other people think I should self-care. I'm like, hold on, this goes beyond the purpose. It was like the time somebody bought me a massage and I was so stressed out the whole hour because I was thinking about all the fun things I could have been doing instead, you know? So I love that you say that, Sam, like it is intensely personal. Hashtag that. There you go. Will do. Absolutely. It's, it is true, though. It is that we need to honor who we are. And that's what makes us able to move forward in our lives. It's funny, because Laurel and I have been recording a few um, episodes today, um, trying to manage our time well. And there's been quite a theme today with the conversations we've been having about following your intuition. And I don't think that self care falls outside of that. What does your gut tell you feels good for you? What does your gut tell you that. is good for parenting or is good for well, exactly? Business? Well, that goes back, Sam, to the conversation earlier about, you know, how do you manage all the things? And hmm. like, and I was saying, well, my gut kind of tells me if something's going on here. You're right. Like we do have intuition. Let's pay the heck attention. Yeah, that well, that's that though is a big thing, right? We've been taught since we were little not to listen to our intuition because we're supposed to be being guided by those who are older and wiser and usually more white men than us. That's true. So how do so, we get that back, right? I think it starts with this conversation. Honestly, having conversations about this and bringing it out and talking to our girlfriends and being like, hey, that that does, it's not a one size fits all, you know, we can, again, we are the authors of our book. So let's, you know, let's make these things. Let's lead our, we've only got the one, right? We've only got the one life. So we might as well live it the way you know, that works best for us. It makes us feel you know, more comfortable in ourselves. And, and like I said earlier about being the expert of our family, we're also the experts in us. Mm-hmm. So who was your role model growing up? Like who inspired you to, to become who you are today? 
I always like to ask that question. It's a great <laughs> question, you know, and I tend to go to my grandma Lyons. Um, my grandma Lyons was one of 21 kids born in Ireland and um, she moved to Canada in 1950 with grandpa and they had eight kids and um, she was a real feminist. Like she, like for a woman who, like she was very smart and a real feminist, even though, you know, she was an old Irish Catholic granny, right? But, you know, I had a cousin come out to her when she was 87 and he had written her a letter and she was in, uh, he was in Australia at the time and he wrote her a letter and she wrote back and she said, Oh my darling, a life in hiding is a life unlived. I'm glad you finally told me, you know, you should have done this right away. So I thought how many 87 year old grannies say a life in hiding is a life unlived. And she was very supportive of our girl, her girls, like us, like her granddaughters. Like when we started Mabel's labels, when we won women entrepreneur of the year, you can bet she was in that limo heading to the red carpet to see that. She's like my girls. Right. So she was very, and she was also, I often share um, my favorite quote of hers. She was very, um, very encouraging, but also believed in humility and being humble. And she would say this, and I say it to mine, and it, she would say, Julie, you're as good as the rest of them and better than none. Wow. That's a profound statement. It is. And and so true, right? I mean, that's the reality Her of the world. words never spoken. <laughs> I am as good as the rest of them and better than none. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's like everyone, right? <laughs> I love grandmother pearls of wisdom. Oh, yeah, she had many. I can be here. We can do a whole podcast on that. There's a book in me for a grandma book. I'm not even kidding you. I could write with my auntie. Oh, oh that'd yeah. Be cool. yeah. And I the feel, whole family I, history. I feel compelled to do the same about my grandmother, whose nickname was Kitty. Kitty! Love, <laughs> love Kitty. it. Um, because she, what she endured and what she went through and how she came out and the stories that the things that happened to her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am following in her footsteps, like ridiculous, like the ridiculous things just followed. And I share her, my grandmother's stories and people are like, that didn't really happen. Oh yeah, that really happened. That's wild. <laughs> so, That's, I love it. Okay. Well, what we should do is probably put a collection of stories together called my grandmother's voice or something like that. And we all contribute a chapter. Okay, Laurel, you've got another thing on your to-do list. You're welcome. <laughs> you, you just got voluntold into another job. <laughs> I'm not getting invited back, am I? <laughs> Oh yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. We need to share the stories though, right? And that's why I, I mean and it, and I it's a great segue to, to pull us back to your book, but the reality is we need to share our stories. We need to share our successes. We need to share our failures and how we recover from our failures, right? We often think about stories as being only the good stuff, but we don't learn as much when we only hear the good stuff. We learn from our own mistakes and we help other people learn to watch out for pitfalls, to plan for unforeseen sets of circumstances, those kinds of things, when we hear the good, the bad, and the ugly as well. Failure can be such a gift. I mean, I, I, I think there are so many lessons to come from it. I, I was actually very worried about one of my children because I felt like they didn't fail enough. Um, and I felt like it wouldn't prepare them for adulthood. And I didn't want this kid to be like, the kid who always made and was the kid who always made the team always came first, always got the A, always got that. I'm like, I really want this kid to get cut from a team. 
Like I needed that to happen because I think practicing failing is failing is a gift because of the lessons and practicing failing graciously and learning from it and turning around and making the most of it and, and finding opportunity from it. That's the, that's the stuff I love. There are, there is no failure. There's only lessons. And that's it. It's all perspective, right? How you choose to look at it. Speaking of stories, I want to know the most hilarious entrepreneurial story that happened to you, Julie. I, I want you to share something oh. ridiculously hilarious. Oh, gosh. Off the top. You got me. You got me, girl. Um, okay. I'm going to have to think on that one. There are. Yeah. 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 I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> you got my head. I'm my head spinning now. <laughs> Wow. I've never made you speechless. <laughs> I don't know that anyone has. Congratulations. <laughs> Is there an award for that? <laughs> well, there should be. Julie, you're on it. You're. I'm voting you on that team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. We're all coming out of this with new jobs. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. <the> ridiculous <laughs> oh journey. <laughs> journey to ridiculousness. There you go. That's the name of a book. That's it. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, we just have a couple minutes left. So I think Sam, you want to ask a question, then Julie's going to tell us how we can find her. I I really just wanted to know, as you step back and look at watching how your kids have seen you grow and change through their lives, now that they're moving into their teen years and adulthood, what do you think has been the biggest lesson they've taken from you and the image you have shown to them about what it means to be a parent and an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think, um, you know, they've been involved in this business and obviously in my life, their whole lives. And my kids are getting older. I mean, they're 13, 15, 17, 19, 21, 22. Um, And so they've been along for the journey. And I, you know, in so many ways, I feel like they, they have a lot of pride and what I've done, they've I've been able to role model um, being passionate about something and being passionate about something while also um, being passionate about them. And you know, the same the, the mom who has um, great ambition outside of her family is the same mom who has great ambition for her family. And I feel like that they have seen that and they they know that. Um, and I and I hope that I've been a good role model for that. We'll find out. I'll let you know. Check back in 10 years. <laughs> people are always say, I always say that because people are like, oh my God, how do you do with six kids? That's so amazing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, let's just wait and see how they turn out before we get too excited. <laughs> yeah. And how do we get in touch with you? Okay, so best way to get in touch with me, um, obviously check out MabelsLabels.com for all our really awesome products. But also on there, there's a Julie Cole, um, there's a MabelsLabels.com slash Julie Cole, and that's all my stuff. Um, and of course, Instagram, Julie Cole Inc. Um, at MabelsLabels. I'm on the Facebook, I'm on the LinkedIn, I'm in all the places. So, you know, go find me there, connect with me there. Um, I would love, I just, you know, love this conversation. I think you two are absolute dynamos. I was so excited to get on and, uh, uh, and, and share some time with you, you awesome boobs women. <laughs> it's been, it's been truly amazing having you here. And it's, it's wonderful to hear you speak about all of the different hats you wear and how you balance and don't balance those hats. I think the, the reality is as important as the image that is portrayed, right? And so often people will see an image, they take a perception of that 
Um, so to have you just clarify some things and, and point out what the reality is, I think that that's uh, a gift that you've given us. To, so thank you for that. Thank you, Sam. I think you bring up a good point because with the, you know, with, with social media, people are seeing people's highlight reels and we need to remember that what you're seeing is not always reality. So keep having these conversations, right? 100%. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.